You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. My name is Matt Baker and I perform a comedy and stunt show all over the place and sometimes at the Moisture Festival. <laughs> sometimes. And I'm Louie Fox. I'm a comedy magician. I perform at the Moisture Prep Festival and sometimes other places. <laughs> so welcome to the podcast where we interview the people that make the festival happen. We have one of probably the third most famous guy at the Moisture Festival in studio today. <laughs> yes, we have the fantastic Bill Robeson, not only a good friend of ours, but a very talented performer. He's performed for millions of people over a very long career that's taken him to Germany, uh, opening up for people like Willie Nelson, Bill Cosby, and we talked to him about all sorts of weird and crazy stuff that he's done in his life. Now, if you just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome to the Moisture Festival. Welcome. What it is, it's a four-week festival celebrating variety arts that takes place in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. Yeah, it is the largest festival of its kind in the world, folks. And it happens in the months of March and April. And you get to see some of the best sacks that you will ever see in your entire life, including the, our guest, Bill Robeson. Yes, but you can also see hula hoopers. You can see quick change acts. If you don't know what that is, go check out the Moisture Festival. You'll probably see one. Yeah, so if you are listening to this during the months of March and April, be sure to check out Moisture festival.org to buy your tickets now because 95% of those shows get sold out. That means there are no tickets to go. Yeah. So get them early. It's a good kind of sellout for the festival. Yeah, and you can also get tickets to their burlesque shows. They only do that for one week, so be sure to check out that. Once again, that's moisturefestival.org to see who's performing on what days and what show works best for you. Let's get to the interview. Let's do it. The man we're about to interview is famous for introducing himself. So we're going to let him do the honors. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he's been seen on stages around the world, in nudist camps and other parts of places that he hasn't even seen before. Please welcome uh, to the stage and to this little tiny room that's painted blue and there's the picture of Michael Jackson, <laughs> Bill Robeson. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Thank you. I will left the Michael Jackson. I'll stop part. talking like this now. <laughs> we have because it hurts my spleen. All right. <laughs> we have a man who's performed for over thirty years. One of the most popular performers at the Moisture Festival. Yeah, he's opened up for everyone from Willie Nelson to Maroon Five. We have William Robeson. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Or some people call him Bill. Some people call me Bill. <laughs> you so, opened for Maroon Five. Yes. <laughs> That's the thing with Bill. Whatever Matt says, I say yes. He's opened up for everybody. I'm a yes man. So many people that you... So I would imagine you've opened up for people that you you forget. Over, you, over the years, oh my gracious, probably 350 plus concerts. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically my thing is 
go in before the concerts, do the strolling sort of like run around. Sorry, I banged the microphone. Uh, yeah, sort of the Cirque du Soleil type of thing where I go in and follow people and do all the things. So I've been doing that since, wow, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Willie Nelson probably eight times. I'm actually not joking. Uh, Kenny Rogers, I mean, 15 times. So, so lots and lots. And they have, they have no idea that I'm even there. That's the funny part. <laughs> but no, they the, do. I the mean, the first, I, you've, you've met Willie. You've met all those people. Well, and, you know? and I don't want to drop a name, which will hurt. But uh, Bill Cosby actually got me on stage. But he saw me and he said, who's that guy? And he basically called me on stage. And me and Bill Cosby hung out on stage in front of 10,000 people at a full sold-out concert at the Puyallup one year. And he, we basically mugged for the camera, the, the big uh, jumbotron. How cool is that? Yeah, so it was good. It was, he saw me and he said, hey, this guy's this guy's uh, doesn't suck. So, so <laughs> in case you don't know what Bill does, there's these, you do these at fairs. Essentially, they have these grandstand concerts where they bring in these massive headliners. And you are the essentially the warm-up act. You go before and you just like. So what he does is, what do they call them? Crowd follows. Yeah. Well, it used to be called follow mime. You know, it was it was more. Now it's just a little different because that a lot of acts have their own video. So when you come in, it's like, oh, here's your pre-show video oh, gotcha. thing, and that's, so people are watching it's, that. It's it's changing a little bit. Back in the day, people, you know, for a half an hour, the house would open or the gates would open or whatever at like half hour before, people would stream in and they would just sit there with nothing to do. You know, I would do basically fill that half hour with just doing some stuff that they could sit and watch and enjoy themselves and not just be bored as, as heck with yeah. their, you know, with their popcorn and their trees or whatever. And I have seen him do this, and it is a work of art. It is a stroke of genius watching him do this grandstand stuff. Thank His you, ability to not – and sometimes you're not even doing it on stage. You're just in the stands with the people, and he has five, ten thousand 10,000 people watching him perform, laughing at everything. It's amazing to watch. Thank you. Yeah, it's improv. I have probably – like we all do, like all performers have stock – Bits, your little things that you kind of pull out of your hat, you kind of pull out of your bum and just go, this is what I do with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm always just scanning. I'm like this scanning, seeing, oh, there's a guy coming this way, but I need to do this thing first. So it becomes like this, you know, at least in the day when I was doing it a lot, it would be, it was, it was the funnest thing in the entire world. Yeah. So let me break down exactly what this is too. So okay. as people are coming and walking to their seats, right. you kind of walk behind them and do shtick. Shtick. I, you and know, everyone else in the grandstands is, because you're in their field of vision, they're will in eventually on the joke. catch right. on to this. Right. For example, you know, one of the things that I try and do about every other, every show or twice a show or once or twice is a guy is walking with his girlfriend, wife, etc. They have tickets, and it, it, it works only the best when there's tickets because people are going to a specific place, and they're focused on where they're going. If it's open seating, it doesn't work because everyone's standing around. So this guy's got a ticket for row 43, you know, B, 9, and 10, or whatever. He puts his hand back, going down the, the aisle of the people, he puts his hand back, and I shush her, and I grab his hand. And I just, we walk, and we walk. I've, I've done this, you know, this is like one of the standard bits. We'll walk, and we'll walk, and I'll kind of grab his neck and squeeze his neck. And, you know, I pinch and, his ass. And, and, almost. And then, get and, on his health insurance. Pull his wallet out and get a couple of bucks. But we sit down, and, you know, on, on very many occasions, we have actually sat down together. 
I put my arm around him, <laughs> his neck, you know, just and and he he basically has no idea that I'm not his significant other. Yeah. So until later that night so, when you crawl into bed and he's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> this went too far. You're, you're, you're taking this a bit long. <laughs> I have had times when I have had my arm around a man that I don't even know, complete stranger. He doesn't know me. I'm made up like, a, you know, I, uh, basically rouge and I, I'm not like white face or anything. I've had guys who, who they've been looking around in the entire grandstands and everyone seems to be looking at him and he's going, what is everybody looking at? And I'm going, I don't answer, but I have my arm around him and I give his show a little squeeze. And then he looks past me. He turns past me <laughs> and then looks up and then turns past me again. And I'm going, you don't see that there's a man holding onto your neck? It's, it's an example of how people are completely aware and completely unaware mm-hmm. yes. in, 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 in big crowds. Yeah, I could be... Seriously, I could be the best pickpocket in the entire planet. Yeah, I could be in jail now because I would be picking so many pockets. You wouldn't be the best pickpocket then if you were in jail. Yeah. No, no, but that's the point. <laughs> I, I didn't. So I so I did not pursue that. But I mean, because in a large crowd you have very squished together, and so people are aware that there are other people there. So the fact that that I can get so close behind someone and. and Imitate their walk, like a guy will walk, he's got his big swinging arms. I will be inches behind him and doing his exact, and just, you know, observing people for years and years and years and studying mime and movement and dance and physical stuff. I'm able to kind of lock into how they move and what their rhythm is and how they, you know, and then another person walks faster. So it's a matter of just kind of observational stuff. You're amazing. You're amazing at it, now, honestly. Let's back up a little bit because we kind of started shot out of a cannon. What do you? How do you describe? Like in general, are you a physical comedian? Oh boy! <laughs> how would you describe what you do to a lay person? I have had a lot of. I've worn a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, I started out in theater. I did that in, in high school. I was like, oh, I love. I like acting. I was like a shy, weird just a kid that didn't quite fit in and weirdly early in my life I was kind of shy and and odd and I think people who embrace performing come from that maybe perhaps come from a place of oh I don't fit in and yes, then finally that. all of a sudden in in high school I took drama class because through like ju- you know junior high and 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 grade school I had teachers who understood that my ADHD was not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> um, and then so into high school, I started doing theater and plays. I did every play in high school, all through high school, all through college. And you found community and I, in I, that? I found a com- com- complete community of weirdo people who didn't fit in in anything except this, this ability to kind of embrace a character. And so... You know, as as an actor, you you embody a character, and that's I didn't want to be Bill Robeson necessarily. I wanted no to one be, wants to be Bill. Robeson. No one wants to be Bill Robeson. <laughs> so, but Elwood P. Dowd and Harvey, or these other characters, or you know, any any role that I took on, it was just like, oh, you can change your skin, you can change your you you can change who you are, and you can. Uh, create whatever reality you have from the script. So yeah, I was working from a script. Totally. Then later, I started doing 
street performing because I saw some people doing street performing stuff. Like doing mime and stuff? Mime or clowning? And stuff, or just, and... Yeah, just f kind of the follow mime, kind of the other stuff. Uh huh. So you started, you're from New Mexico, right? I have Arizona, close. Air okay. Close We're in enough. Arizona. Casa Grande. Casa Grande. Uh, the largest casa. Thriving theater scene in Casa Grande. When you come into Casa Grande, the sign says, Welcome to Casa Grande, the home of Bill Robeson. <laughs> yes. Well, there's there's a picture of me in in, in handcuffs. So, <laughs> We're looking for this man. Yeah. Yes. Have, you, have yes, you seen? The, the wanted posters are everywhere. So you grew up in Casa Grande. You were a shy kid. You found You found your people and your calling. In high school, acting, you found did that give you a sort of identity, and then it did, it did, and and I was very, very fortunate in that um, my high school drama teacher Winston Hoffman was this guy who did recognize in every student a certain thing. He would cast oh, that's perfect. Great. Yeah, uh, oh, he was, that he makes was a awesome. Yeah, because he would cast perfectly, and obviously, I am not only one time. Was I ever cast as a romantic a lead in uh, Summer and Smoke, which is a Tennessee Williams play? It's the only time ever I've ever done anything remotely sort of like that type. Most mm -hmm. of my work has been comedic or yeah. character was, or otherwise. Was it challenging to do that kind of role? Yes and no. Um, it was because I had been studying theater. To a certain degree, it was in my bones to do that kind of character. It just wasn't. I mean, I, I there's a picture. I sh I'll, I'll text you the picture later of me actually. You're gonna text looking everyone at, listening to this. Yes, yeah, so I will text. Okay, send, just me your, text send me your email. <laughs> send me your phone number. Of me sitting on a desk, at, you know, and looking rather dashing actually for a 19 year old Bill Robeson with a perm and a fake mustache. <laughs> And that was my my only foray into this not romantic comedy, romantic uh, drama, but you know the, the leading man thing. And I don't do the leading man thing well because I'm the character guy. Uh, I feel like this picture you're going to text everybody is like the first time I saw a picture of young Marlon Brando, only knowing him from The Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, right. Yeah, you know that yeah, picture of Marlon Brando is. with a perm and a fake mustache. <laughs> yeah. I'll be yes. like, you're like Marlon Brando was like a good-looking dude. You're like, what happened? I show I showed the picture to my girlfriend Sandy's mom, and she goes, "Who's that?" <laughs> Was Marlon Brando in Xanadu? <laughs> so, yes, that was the one time I pulled it. I kind of pulled it off when I was 19, but that was it. Okay, so you were an actor. You found your people. You found your calling, something you were great at. Americans sort of see clowns as, like, people who wear a lot of makeup or really colorful clothes. And then you do clowning that's more subtle. It more You more resemble, like, a regular person who's a little bit more right. animated. Right. When did you see that? And you said you started street performing after high school. Right. How did you sort of figure out how to put that on the, on the stage and where to do it at? I studied mime. I was I studied with this guy named Greg Golson. So I was a white-faced mime for about two or three years. Mm -hmm. and, and this is in it, Arizona? No, it was in, uh, actually in Ohio when I studied, and then I started street performing as a white-faced mime. Like, what year is this? Like, Oh, man. Uh, do, 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 do. What 80, decade? Seven, 19, I, I moved here in 82, 83, so 84, 85, 86, Okay, mid-80s. Way back, way okay. back. Yeah, yeah. And so I was a white-faced guy. And 80, 1985 is when that shift happened. I think that's what you're asking. I went to Europe, and I street performed for like four months all over Europe. Uh -huh. And I went over there as a white face, and every street performer in the world 
including nobody I even knew said, don't wear the white face. <laughs> Get rid of the white face. It was like, really? I was like, no, you don't. That's, that's very that's, 1970s mind. That's, that's, well, it's just over there, it was, I think, relatively off-putting mm -hmm. to just have a white face. So I bagged that, and I just did some simple rouge and stuff, changed my entire look, you know, because everyone was like, don't, don't do the white face thing. And I never actually ever did it again. But hanging out with all the people on the streets over there and just learning the craft, learning being in the trenches, as we say, kind of really started to set stuff in. Because the term clown, because if you say, like in Mexico, I was, I was hanging out with a buddy in Mexico a few years ago. You know, he would say, oh, payaso. And they'd go, oh, payaso. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. There's a different sense of of clown in, yes. in your Mexico, uh -huh. European countries. If you say you're a clown when you're in Germany or France or Spain or Italy or any anywhere, people get it. It's a revered mm -hmm. thing. People, people understand what what the word clown means. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean a big wacky guy with an orange hair and you're making balloon animals. You know, I, I go to parties and stuff. People go, oh, Bill's a clown. It's like, no, oh, God, okay. Oh, yeah. You know, and then they say, there's, there's oh, what's your, oh, really? Oh, what's your, do, do you do birthday parties? I've never done a birthday party in my life. I'm sorry. What's your clown name? William. William. <laughs> Bill Robeson. Bill Robeson, the balloon clown. <laughs> yes, the balloon I always wanted to change my name to Kick. <laughs> Kick the clown. What brought Cut. you What brought you to Seattle? Um, I was doing... Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater. I did. I also did musical theater for years. Which uh, we will. We might not get a chance to talk about this before you move on. But Bill has an amazing voice. Okay. Yes, yeah. he's, he's a heck of a singer. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So my, uh, I did a number of you know a few years at Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater, which is four musicals in rep. We do four different shows, and you know it's it's nuts. Uh, so I met actually a woman there, and we moved to Seattle together. Long story didn't didn't you know happen as things happen, but that's what you know. She lived in New York, so basically we drove from New York to to Seattle, moved here for, and then I stayed. She went away, um, <laughs> but so it was. Was it, there something about Seattle that stood out, or I she, think <laughs> yeah, yes, because when we were in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, everyone was saying, "Oh, Seattle was a great theater mm. town." Yeah, oh. and in that in that day, Seattle there were there wasn't. A lot of equity theater. It was a lot of non-equity, you know, mm -hmm. non-no. So, but there was, you know, there was. I think there was the Rep. There was the Intamon. There was the Fifth Avenue. You know, it was a burgeoning theater scene, but it hadn't, you know. And then, consequently, later I started working all over and doing all kinds of stuff, you know, in equity theaters. But the, the, the theater scene is what brought me to Seattle because they said, "Oh, the gotcha. Seattle's a great theater town." And, and I, I'm a theater guy. I do theater. At that point, I wasn't doing street performing or mass performing, oh, okay. or you know, gotcha. I was a musical theater guy and a theater guy. So you moved here, you moved to Seattle, you sort of hung up the shoes on the street performing temporarily, and you were doing some acting, and then you got involved in Imago. Correct? Imago, right? So, so explain to the people what Imago is. Imago is if anyone's heard of Moomenshants. Or so mask theater. So we were monkeys. We were we had I had mask on the back of our head. We did a whole thing with masks. So it was all about big body masks. We were pigs. It's theater using it's theater using your using and... your entire body. So yeah. basically, what what's gorgeous about working in a mask, and 
unfortunately, you know, you're, I'm, my, my mug was covered for three and a half years because I, you know, I, you, you wear full body costumes and masks, but you, with a subtle, tiny little movement of your head and a sigh and breath, you can, you can speak volumes to the back of the theater. Mm -hmm. Ah. So basically if you're, you know, what it does is mask, mask work trains the body to be absolutely pure in every single movement, every single breath, every single thing you do. So you're not twitching around. And I, I have become sort of like a more frenetic performer over the years. And I don't know where that came from, but, but I it... should go back to my, to my roots in mask theater and just slow it down. Because if you watch people in mask, it's mesmerizing because yeah. it's, it's a very, every little turn of the head, a breath, an exhale, an inhale... You know, you look down. I mean, every move is every you, you, it's one move at a time and you just break it down like that. So it was it was gorgeous to be able to have a that training and be in this company, which we traveled 38 states, Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan. Wow. I didn't know those were states. <laughs> oh. 38 states plus Hong Kong. Plus Hong Kong. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and Utah. I mean, I wouldn't consider your energy on stage now frantic it's it's a controlled energy is how i see what you do i don't see it like uh, as yeah. flailing I I, I, I I interpret it as like a very high energy animated character You're like a yeah. living cartoon almost right yeah. yes like when you move your see like the the cloud of your arm right sort of thing right yeah right. yeah but i would like to get back to some sort of roots which is doing a couple of pieces that aren't this crazy wacka wacka wacka, just some real slow yeah stuff. Well, that might I, be interesting to break up the it, monotony it, it of would, your, it yeah. Would, it would, and you know, I'm I'm doing you know, as far as I know, I'm I'm doing some Moisture Festival slots again this year, and at some point, either you know, because that's a Moisture Festival is a great way to just try something new. Absolutely. You want, you know. How long were you with Imago for? Uh, three, well, we did three, I did three years with them. Okay. And then honestly, I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you don't work with them anymore mm -hmm. because they're all mask work and you were the man of a million faces. Yeah. You, like, have, you have the rubber face. The, your ability to express what is happening without words is unparalleled. Thank you. And, and I did, ha I did have a friend when I was in Imago going, you guys are great, but Bill, I can't see your face. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yes. It's so. a discredit, honestly, yeah. for an audience to not be able to see this. Thank you. you know? Thank you. And it's so even a more discredit they can't see the 19-year-old Bill's face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With that fake mustache uh, and the I'll perm. Post, I'll post the, the fake mustache and the perm. <laughs> and, the, and, and actually, I dyed my hair. So yeah. You had the jet black hair. <laughs> yes, I did. The, yes, I had the jet black hair. So you used to perform in a duo. I did indeed, called the Schneedles. Yeah. And we traveled boy we started wolf Boart, um and he's and you met him here in seattle correct? i met him i actually met him street performing at seattle center cool okay at a number of years ago 19 about a half a year before i actually auditioned for imago and got imago we met he was performing with a partner on the street doing this kind of juggling stuff kind of really fun things and he spent some time in Tucson. I was an Arizona guy. I was like, oh, cool. Then we started working together over the years, um, did a couple of shows together and realized that this is a really good partnership. Mm -hmm. We both have skills that interacted and, and melded with each other. So long story short, 
um, we became the Schneedels, which is basically a the, a German word for a small boy's penis. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's a German word for a small boy's penis. <laughs> there's one for a well, medium height boy. <laughs> well, no, I mean the sh- a Schneedel is a, a peepee. Or a wee wee. Okay. A schnitzels, and it's another story how we found the name. But uh... <laughs> well, I don't think we want to know. No. no. <laughs> You've been gonna... cleared of all charges. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to delete this podcast. <laughs> um, so, but it's it's an inoffensive. It's like the pee pee boys, you know, mm. or the or the wee wee brothers, or whatever the whatever they want to, you know. The... <laughs> You know, the Wee Wee Brothers. The Wee Wee Brothers. I would so, if you were touring, I'd so buy tickets to the Wee Wee Brothers. Like an old ladies in Germany would come up and go, Entschuldigung. Yes, you know, in her, in her best English, do you, do you know what Schneedels means? It's like, yes, we do. Okay. You know? <laughs> so, we, so you're performing in, so you get pick up some steam. The we, we picked too. up some steam. Now, we did, went to. Can I ask you this? Sure. Did the word, did the name, sh- the Schneedles, get decided on before you started performing in German cabarets? Yes. Or was that after? Yes, before. Okay. Yeah. And did you know what it meant? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Actually, That'd be it was a weird uh, name to land was, on if you didn't know what it meant. Actually, the the reason the reason that it became a thing is we were at the Hawaiian Juggling Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, Iman, our friend Iman, we were on a nude. We were all on a nude beach, and she said, "Oh, careful! Don't burn your schnitzel. Uh, you know, like don't get sunburn your schnitzel." Mm. It's like, what the heck's a schnitzel? And she goes, "Oh, you're, you're." And then we said, "Well, that's a funny name. We should just, out of a joke at the Hawaiian Juggling Festival, the two of us call ourselves the Schneedles for no good reason whatsoever." And it stuck. Okay. Yeah. And it just we never th- thought of a better name, and it was just like it kind of stuck. And it was so that's basically it's innocuous. I mean, it was inoffensive, inoffensive thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then basically we went to we flew to Germany. We did a um, showcase, and we showcased. We found an agent, and he got us a little bit of work. Basically, we started going back and forth to Germany all the time. Then. Uh, a woman saw us or found out about us or something, and she was like one of the bigger agents in Germany. And then we got picked up by her, and then we started doing big stuff, you know, cruise ships and, and uh, palazzos and, you know, Spiegel tents and all kinds of stuff. Now, when you're um, in Germany, are you performing in German? You're a silent, but was Wolf a we did everything. We did everything in English. Really? Yep. And, they, uh, and the audiences understood? Pretty much. Or did you I strip mean, it down to pretty basic we stripped, English? We stripped it down. To, I mean, we, in our show, we didn't do a lot of talking. Gotcha. Um, and if we did, it would be like we would speak in German, but often, you know, most people in Germany that aren't 82 years old uh, speak German or speak English mm-hmm. and understand English gotcha. perfectly. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and especially if you're in a variety theater or a big theater, they're going to understand English. So... We say simple things like song number one. I mean, that's it's yeah, you know, gotcha. Easy. But it's not reliant, not reliant on the on, on the on the language. It's not it's the punchline. Is not a verbal no, joke. No, not at all. No, gotcha. it's exceedingly physical stuff. And so, you guys were headlining these things, right? We yes, we headlined. It was a we did six months called the Schneedel Show. So we did uh, Essen, a town called Essen, uh, Bad Unhausen, 
and which Humber. is the word for big boys penis. And Hanover, I believe. Okay. So <laughs> over New Jersey. <laughs> but it was nice because we did a lot, you know, we so we had our full evening show. So we toured we toured Germany with our full evening full evening show with an intermission in the whole thing. We probably did 20, 25, 30 different shows, tours. Wow. Uh, not tours, but shows over a number of years. You're like years. David Hasselhoff. You're huge in Germany. Yes, we're, big, we're, big in, we're, big, we're big in Essen. <laughs> he stole that bit from you. Yeah, yeah. So how long did that happen, the German cabarets? Boy, that's a good question. From 2001 to about 2008. Yeah. Okay. And so basically we did the long the long run. We did three different cities, two, two months apiece. And the gorgeous part about that was that we had this phenomenal cast. We had Pilou, a French magician. We had um, Martin Mull. Uh, not Martin Mull, Martin Mull, who did the Diablos juggler guy. Mm-hmm. I we think he's two... been to the Moisture Festival, too. He has. Yes. He absolutely has. Well, that's what I love about you is because you've spent a lot of time in these German mm-hmm. cabarets, and you know, like, I've been backstage with you, and you have spent time with a lot of these performers yeah. that yeah. are coming into the Moisture Festival. Right. You've performed with them out over in Germany and other Precis- cabarets. Precisely, precisely. Yeah. When the Schneedles split up to, was about 2008, that's actually when I met you for the first right. time. And we didn't we didn't really split. It was just like Wolf, you know. We kind of said, "Hey, let's let's see what goes on with our separate, you know, yeah, our separate things." So it wasn't like, "Hey, screw you." It was more like because I was doing a lot of a, a lot of fairs and stuff in the summer, solo stuff, solo stuff, and a lot of the stuff that they were in because his wife was Australian. She was going, "Hey, there's all these possibilities in Australia in the summer," and I was like, "Well." Man, that's kind of tough because that's when I was doing a lot of touring in the summer. Still am, and that's I can't dump that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's. T- so it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, it just made sense. It was amicable, and it's still. You yeah. know, I'd still love to get the band back together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, know, you hear that, Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually met you in 2008, and I think I was at like one of your first sort of solo stage shows where you were sort of. Trying to like work out the, work out the new solo yeah. act, and when I love telling people, did I people, suck? No, you never suck. Come on now, oh, come, on. come on, Bill. Just look at me. People. What makes me laugh is when I work with you. You are the most frenetic person backstage oh, okay. like you're pacing <laughs> you're retweaking things you're reselling a costume I, I i i yes i okay i'll give you that and so but this particular show was at a fair it was kitsap county fair out here in uh washington uh-huh. kitsap peninsula and you were pacing back and forth going over your lines asking me if something's funny should i say this should i say this just and i'm like it's a fair there's like 15 people out there they don't care they don't really care because they're <laughs> It's such they just panic. Throw, they just drip corn dog juice on their. Yeah, pants. it's like you're like feel like you're about to like negotiate a hostage situation, <laughs> talk someone off a ledge, and it's like there's nine people, yes, and eight of which they're, they're don't, kind are of like not, you know they're kind of looking at you sort of. Exactly, <laughs> and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of a, of a fair is that I mean we, we we all do them, and so you just go yeah it's it's really you know you you can't take away. I didn't have a very good show. Yeah. Well, because it's judged by the sum of 15 shows versus one show. Mm. Right, exactly. And so how did you get involved with the Moisture Festival? 
That's a fine question. I came. I came. Good job, Louis. You got a fine oh, question. Oh, you got a fine. That's the that's the first fine question you've, we've had so far. I know. It back around, are we? I'm uh, just saying. When when I um, came back to Seattle and said, "Oh, what's my life here?" Um, I was like, "What's this moisture festival thing?" So I applied and talked to somebody, and they, I think it was Ron Bailey or Tim First, who I knew from, from the Hawaiian Juggling Festival, um, they said, oh, okay. So I came in and I did like one or two slots mm-hmm. in the festival, and I didn't really have, at that point, I really didn't have a strong eight-minute, six- or seven-minute bit. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't really, really tight. And then I realized I gotta I gotta get my act together here. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I did like maybe four slots, and then I kind of got my act together. And then I became like a regular. And yeah, started, started yeah. working. And, yeah, because there have been years where you're like MC seventy percent of the shows. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like their Swiss Army knife. They well, use yeah, you yeah. in every single well, capacity. I mean, and so basically, I think what for the Moisture Festival is like I'm the on call guy. I'm the guy who can pop in and do my singing puppets for the kids show or my if someone's sick or, or they someone's need an sick MC. Or, oh we need an MC and so they'll call in or, or, or Randy will say Randy Randy Minkler who does uh, uh, Godfrey or the year 17 performers got arrested because right. of that thing exactly that thing <laughs> with, at the deal with the, with the monkey and the the, <laughs> the snorkel the monkey. snorkel classic monkey and snorkel <laughs> yeah, story yeah. yeah I mean I've been called day of at like 3.30 yeah. and say, can you, can you come in? There's, and, and so basically what happens is you've got performers who can't make it or they're sick. And so Randy Minkler, I'm going to say his name again because he's the guy who organizes all the shows and tries to make them as well-rounded as possible. Yeah. I cannot imagine his job. He does an amazing job. Yeah, we've had him in here to discuss how... Oh, he does that. Oh my God! I would have loved to. I'd love to hear the that. The mathematical—it's a lot of numbers. Yeah, it's mostly numbers. It's like a Tom Cruise movie where he's writing on that clear board. <laughs> he's like that guy uh, that uh, the Australian dude did in the movie. What's his? Russell Crowe oh, did oh, the movie. Oh, Beautiful he, Mind. Beautiful Mind. There's like yes, equations exactly. floating around. I, it's like E yes. equals Bill Robeson. Bill Robeson, and then you know, and oh, then over Raspini Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 stunning. I, I I can't even imagine, because he's got his mind so wrapped around the show that I I look at the show and go, everyone's great. Why do we even need to uh, like just everyone just come in and do something? Yeah. But he but he says, oh, in the first act we need more of this. It needs to be balanced because there's mm-hmm. mo- too much comedy. There's too much. So Bill, can you? And so he just, <laughs> there's too much comedy. comedy. Bill, can you come back? <laughs> we just <laughs> slow down the comedy. <laughs> we just lower the expectations. Bump out the audience a little bit. So, so when the real funny people come on, <laughs> we need to give them something to compare the comedy to. Because <laughs> Bill's just open with Bill, and then it just goes up from there. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, so so that's so that's where I that's where I'm at with them is that you know yes they 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 will schedule me for stuff, 
but what I feel is that they, I, you know, I'm their go-to guy for whatever. Yeah. Well, and you're you're nearby. And, and I'm nearby, and I'm a, and, you know, and you're amazing. It's yeah. not that he's just nearby; it's that he's awesome. <laughs> and, and that's that, what it is. And that you're so so. Basically I compare they, the rest of the Moisture Festival to you. I'm like. You know what? Does these performers even meet the standard of Bill Robeson to be in the same show? Okay, I'm like so that trapeze act. No Bill Robeson. <laughs> no Bill Robeson because he's nearby. Yes, watch a gorgeous woman on a trapeze or watch an old wrinkled clown. I have the answer. The beauty is in those crevices. It's all about the rosé on the cheeks, baby. Exactly. <laughs> So, man, I honestly like you're one of my favorite performers of all time. I've, Thank you. It's always a treat to perform with I, you. I always say you're like one of the acts. Sorry, Matt, that I can watch all day. Oh, thanks. Like you. I could watch you do the same twelve minutes. All day. Oh, thank you. And what makes me laugh the most is the backstage preparation, <laughs> the, the craziness, which is Bill Robinson's pre-show ritual. Yes. It makes me laugh, and I tell everybody about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember we, we did Linden together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was... Heart was 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 uh, was playing a concert. I had done my opening thing for Heart, you know, my my grandstands. I was doing that in Linden every year, and then so I'm going. I went back to the I went back to the the place, had a beer because we had a little cooler of beer in the because you're a pro. Because you're a pro. he's done. He was done for the day. Oh, you're done. I was yeah. done for the day, and then one of the ladies from the office came out and said. They're having a huge problem over in the grandstand. There's no sound. Hearts music just went out. Can you guys go over and do something? <laughs> and it was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so I grabbed my suitcase and I slapped on some makeup really quick and put on my costume, or I was still in my costume. I said, Matt, let's go. And he was like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? I said, let's just go. And so we ran over. And uh, so I did a, my suit, I, the mime suitcase stuck in the air bit with the whistle uh, for this one area. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I didn't have any. 12,000 people can't hear you. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yes, 12,000 ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Matt Baker. And he was like, looked at me just going, what the hell did you just do? <laughs> so he was like, Hi. Because you're you're a very verbal guy. Yes. Yeah. And so it was it was fun to just see you just going. I I'm playing for ten thousand people and they can't hear us. They can't hear anything. Hey, who's from out of town? (laughs) Where you from? Don't you hate airplane food? Don't you? So the other day. You know, and you, when we pulled it off, he, he was just like, ah, looking at me going, you bastard, you know. Because you just crushed. It was amazing is that we walked in to a crowd that was upset that the music had stopped, that Hart had left the stage, and here comes two dudes just out of like this, out of like a gate. They're like, what's that guy Bill trying has to find a, his seat for Bill, the last 15 yeah, minutes? Bill has a whistle. I have a whistle. <laughs> and, but somehow he, people were dying when he was performing, and then I went on and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna we're gonna get murdered <laughs> no no but, but but what you did was just physical you know you did your juggling i did some stuff. juggling i said, I said big big be big it was like geez, i don't know i can't i don't have is hacky sack big <laughs> close enough and then I literally mean, the moment we ended and we moment, were gonna go to the other side we were gonna go to the side. other side and do it on the other side of the grandstand oh yeah Right. Heart came on the moment we ended, and then Bar- they started with Barracuda. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, that couldn't have been more perfectly no, it was, planned." It was, it was, we got we got kudos for that for like two years. Yeah, we got written up in the paper for yeah. that. Actually. Yeah, 
Yeah. We got yeah, we got the linen paper. Those two guys ruined the heart show. <laughs> They stopped the heart show to have these two clowns. You're infamous in Linden. <laughs> yeah. We're stoked we got you in here. Thank you so much for awesome. coming in. And yep. people can check you out at BillRobison.com. BillRobison.com. Check you um, out every year at the Moisture Festival. Yep. You are there in yep. full character. Look at, look, at, uh, look at the, you know, and, and like, you know, let's do a plug for the Moisture Festival. My God. Every year. There's just it's just such a stunning right? array of people. It is. I mean, it's it's the biggest vaudeville variety comedy festival on the planet at yeah. this particular time. How does it compare ti- to those? Type. How does it compare to those German cabarets? Yeah. A completely different thing, because the German uh, variety theaters, it's two months of exactly the same people doing gotcha. exactly the same. Uh, where every every show at the Moisture Festival is different. Show, and Absolutely every different. show at the Moisture Festival, I like to say it's like a little. You know, a little snowflake. Every every show, there's not a single show at the Moisture Festival that's the same damn show ever. Mm-hmm. It's not, the, the lineup is never exactly the same yeah. ever. Every single show is different. Every week is different. Yeah. So, you you know, you've got people coming in from, Al Simmons is coming in, Avner's coming yeah. in, I don't know when. But, you know, so they play for a week and then they go away and new people come in. So that week yeah. is just a, you know a, just a, it's awesome a, a, you know a variety of how who's scheduled where and who can do what and how, you know equitable distribution of how many slots people get because they want to do as many as they can. You should come for in come, town. come for Bill Robeson. Stay for the comedy. Stay for the, <laughs> stay for Bill Robeson. Stay for the beer and ignore him completely. <laughs> so BillRobeson.com. Check him out. The man is amazing. He has a variety of different talents and shows. Check him out. So thanks so much, Bill, for coming in. The, thanks, you guys. The basement, this, this, this is awesome. This is fun. All right, folks. Well, that's it for today. Just a quick few plugs. Of course, go to moisturefestival.org for all things Moisture Festival. You, they also have a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a YouTube that you can sign up for. And you can get all the information if you want to volunteer, if you want to donate, or if you want to fill out the questionnaire to be considered as a performer as well. You can do that all on their site. If you want to find out more information about Louie and I, you can find Louie at louiefox.com. That's with two X's. Yes, and you can find Matt at Comedy stuntshow.com you can also check out the podcast that matt and i do called the odd and offbeat podcast at odd and or on itunes stitcher pocket cast all that jazz if you like weird and unusual news stories that's where you need to go because the odd and offbeat podcast is all things weird yes so check that out if you like this podcast you will love our podcast so be sure to check that out so we want to thank our guests for today. That was a lot of fun. And and we want to thank all the donors and volunteers and performers that make the Moisture Fest happen as well. Without yeah. them, we wouldn't be here talking to them. Absolutely. So get your little slice of Moisture Festival at moisturefestival.org. And thanks so much for listening, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival podcast. And stay moist.